Hello and thanks for listening. This is Renee and this is Embodied Astrology. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the Aries full moon, September 24th and 25th, 2018. Before I get into the astrology, I want to say thank you. Thanks to all of you who have been listening and supporting to Embodied Astrology for these past couple of years. This is an ongoing project and research for me uh, that blends my work as a somatic movement educator, as an artist, as a person who's interested and engaged with the world today, and as an astrologer. So almost every new moon and full moon, I create a podcast, such as the one you're about to listen to, guided meditations that are made um, with the theme of the full moon in mind, and audio horoscopes for all 12 signs. Additionally, this month I've started a new experiment and I'm making uh, weekly, um, excuse me, monthly planners. Um, and these planners are divided into weeks, into seven day segments that correspond to the lunar cycles. So with these planners or these journals, you can follow along with the lunar cycles and learn about important planetary aspects that happen each day. And uh, through this uh, perspective, you have space to track your own observations of astrology and understand how it works for you. And of course, astrology is an earth-based language. It's a language for humans, and it's a way that we can give context and meaning and sacredness to our lives through paying attention to seasons and cycles and the movements of the planets through the heavens. So if you're interested in working with this journal, please check it out at embodiedastrology.com. You can find it in the store. And this is an offering to those of you who are monthly subscribers, and it's free for you, so you should have gotten a notice about it in your newsletter. And for those of you who are not monthly subscribers, perhaps consider um, you can sign up for any amount, a recurring monthly donation, and uh, at least for this month, you'll get the Libra Season Planner for free. And there's a very good chance I'll continue with this project for a while. Um, and thank you so much for your donations. Um, so you can give a one-time or recurring monthly donation and your financial support helps me continue this project and offer these podcasts, meditations, and horoscopes for free. I understand that finances aren't in everyone's capacity to offer. And I want to say thank you to those of you who share my work with your friends and your family. Every time you click like or the little heart or you press share on your social media, um, you're helping drive traffic to me. And that is so, so helpful and just as much support as the money. So thank you so much. All right. So for today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Aries full moon. And this is a really um, powerful full moon that is setting off a number of aspects and longer term transits. And what you're about to listen to is a talk that I gave in Berlin, Germany on September 23rd. So you'll be listening to me talk to a, a live group of people. <laughs> and um, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, so... Um, the meditation that we just did is one way to explore what we're about to talk about which is Aries and Libra, and some other stuff too. But we have a full moon coming up on Tuesday, and it's a full moon in Aries. Anyone in Aries? Any Aries sun people? Yes! Any other Aries? Yes! Any, any Libras in the room? Libra moon? Okay. Libra sun? All right. So Aries and Libra are opposites. Right, And um, when there's a full moon, the, the sun is in one sign and the moon is in the opposite sign. And, um, you know, the moon is a satellite of the earth. And 
it orbits around the Earth, right? Like this. And because of the moon's gravity, the, the, the face of the moon that's facing the Earth is always the same. So we have a full moon, and there's this idea of like, the moon is illuminated, but it's actually just half the moon that's illuminated, right? There's always the dark, the dark side of the moon. It's a great album. <laughs> um, good laser show. Anyone else grew up in the 80s? <laughs> um, anyway, so here's the Earth. Here's the moon. It's orbiting. And then there's the sun. And the Earth is orbiting the sun. right? And so then when we have a full moon, the moon and the sun appear to be opposite from our point of view here on planet Earth. So in the illumination of the, the earthly plane of the moon, the earthly side of the moon, um, what we get is increased light at night, right? And in the full moon time, um, many people, not everybody, many people experience um, more problems sleeping, right? Increased energy. I have uh, a couple of good friends who are midwives. They've confirmed there are more babies born in the full moon. Um, people sometimes get in more arguments. I was traveling in Asia a couple of years ago, and there were lots of, of like frogs and insects. And I was just totally astounded um, on the full moon nights just how loud everybody was. <laughs> all the frogs and the insects, you know, they're talking all night long. And then the moon starts to wane, and everybody goes back to bed. So this is how astrology works. It is the felt sense, our experience here on Earth, responding to light and responding to season. So right now we're in the season of Libra, and Libra started just yesterday. We had the autumn equinox, right? The first day of fall. And like that, here in Berlin, it went from summer to fall. Like, that was weird. It, like, happened in the middle of the day. Like, woke up in summer and went to bed in fall. <laughs> and there you go. So, um, Libra uh, is the beginning of, of fall in the northern hemisphere, the beginning of spring in the southern hemisphere. And Aries, the beginning of spring in the northern hemisphere, beginning of autumn in the southern hemisphere. The two hemispheres and the polarities of the signs create the whole, and one doesn't exist without the other. So when we're talking about opposites and opposition, we're not really talking about difference. We're talking about the same, expressing in, in very different ways. And you guys have seen the yin-yang symbol, right? The, the light and the dark wrapping into each other. And at the heart of the light and the dark is the seed of the other. Right? So that's it. Like in opposition, there is the seed of the other. It's crazy right now listening to like, you know, being in the United States. I don't know if it's like this here in Europe. I like I read the news and it seems like maybe it's similar, but in the US it's so extreme. The sensation of division. Oh, there's this group of people and there's that group of people, and like they are opposed. And then you listen for the arguments, and oftentimes it's the same feeling, right? Like coming from, from people, the same feeling 
very different arguments, very different things that people are saying, but similar kind of like intensity. So in opposition, this is what we're dealing with. It's like, I do it this way. No, I do it this way. And Libra and Aries, um, along with Cancer and Capricorn. Any Cancer Capricorn people? Yes. So you're all cardinal energy. So these are signs that begin seasons. Libra begins fall. Capricorn begins winter. Aries begins spring. Cancer begins summer. So the cardinal energy, cardinal signs, they have initiatory uh, qualities to them. They want to start things. They want to lead. Aries and Libra are like, okay, let's go. I'm going to do it like this. Off we go. How does Aries want to lead? It leads through the, the personal. Me, myself, I. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. And in our bodies, Aries rules the head. The symbol of Aries is like the ram's horns, right? And it looks like the brow. So this is, this is Aries up here, if you touch this part of your body. When you're really focused and looking at someone, and you go like this, right? This is Aries. When you're in a place of going, me, I, mine, that's Aries. So it's not just, are you born, you know, in... March, April, Aries season. Everybody has Aries. Everybody is working with Aries. It might not be your sun sign, but you have Aries somewhere in your chart. And wherever Aries is expressing, this is the place where we have to find our identity and where we need to free ourselves from other people. <laughs> And Aries comes after Pisces, right? Pisces is the last sign. And Pisces is like everything. Pisces is everybody. Everybody who's ever been alive, who's alive now, who will ever be alive. Right? We live on a planet with 8 billion people. You think you're special? No. We're all just here, trying to live our lives. But we each have to wake up every morning and go to work and figure out what our lives are about. And so having an ego and a sense of I is actually very useful. Because <laughs> if you don't feel yourself differentiated, uh, you will end up in some kind of facility or dead. right? And, it, and that, that happens to people. They lose the sense of I. And sometimes that happens in a path of spiritual enlightenment and awakening, and it's a very blissful experience, and, and maybe it's functional. But usually when people lose the ego, they lose the sense of I is uh, very frightening for themselves and for everybody else around them. So Aries is the ego. It's the I. I exist. I have to differentiate myself. I'm here. This is me. Aries leads through itself. I need to do that. Right? What are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> Off I go to medical school, whatever you're doing. Libra initiates through relationship. So you think about Libra, um, maybe you've seen the, the um, 
archetype for Libra is the scales of justice, right? She's got a blindfold on, she's holding these two weights. And so Libra is the opposite sign of Aries. With Libra, relationship is the thing that leads. Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, okay, you want a Thai food tonight? Cool, yeah, I was kind of thinking about pizza, but Thai food's all right. We could do Thai. What's closer? Right? Like, like how, oh, okay, you want to do that? I could do that. Libra leads to relationship. It, it wants to balance. And wherever Libra is in your chart, right? You might not be a Libra sun, but wherever Libra is in your chart, there you need to learn the lessons of balanced relationship. And balanced relationship requires some kind of fairness, right? Like give and take. So we've got these scales. I'm going to give a little. You're going to give a little. Then we're going to be balanced. I don't always get my way. You don't always get your way. Maybe we can work together. We could find a different way. It's useful. It's functional. Libra is beautiful, right? Like how are we going to get along? If I come at you with a lot of aggression and nastiness, we're not going to get along. You're not going to want to go eat pizza with me. If I smile and I'm like, oh, I really love your shirt today. Do you want to get pizza? Right? Like you're going to, maybe I'll have a better chance of you coming to get pizza with me. It's like a silly example, but you know what I mean, right? So when you, you read uh, in the astrology books, like the cookbooks, this is what Libra is. And, oh, Libra is pleasing. You know, there's a sense of pleasing or, or pleasantness or superficiality even that Libra can be known for because it, it wants harmony. It wants to get along. How are we going to get along? Sometimes I do not get along with everybody, right? Who in here gets along with everybody? You're dealing with people and... <laughs> sometimes people are assholes. Sometimes you're the asshole. <laughs> you still have to get along. So what are you going to do to get along? Sometimes you're going to smile, even if you don't feel like smiling. And you're going to say, that's a nice shirt, even if you don't like that shirt. And you're going to figure out how to meet in the middle, because it's better like that at the end of the day. Both of them have their pathology. So with Libra, we go too far in the extreme of Libra. We can lose ourselves, right? We, we maybe can't always make a decision because it's like, oh, what do you want? Well, what would be best? I don't know. What's fair? This constant kind of back and forth, weighing of, of options, trying to be nice, or the superficiality, like, Sometimes you meet people and like, oh, they're really, really nice, but you can't get a read on them. Like, who's actually in there? Right? Oh, you're really, really nice, but something else is going on. I feel like you want something from me. You're not saying it. it. Have you guys met people like that? They're so nice. You feel like they're trying to get something from you, right? That can be Libra in like its distorted state. Aries can be just as pathological right? Me, myself, I, it's my way, right? I have to prove myself. I have to do this. There's no recognition of relationship. 
Aries can forget that they need or that it needs relationship in order to achieve all the things that it thinks it's going to achieve. Can move really fast and forget that anybody else is around. So in this continuum, in the balance of Aries and Libra, we don't have opposites, actually. We have a, uh, a spectrum, right? And in that spectrum, there's, there's balance. And so between Aries and Libra, we all have to navigate that space. All of us do. Where is the I and where is the we? How are we going to work together? How am I going to make sure that my needs are met? It's a question for everybody. And it'll be a, a question in a different way and at different times with different people. But if you're in any kind of relationship at all, those questions will arise. It doesn't matter if it's your coworker, your lover, your kid, your parent, whoever. You know, those questions come up. So in the planets, and each sign has planets that it's associated with. In the planets, uh, we know this, this uh, opposition very well between Mars and Venus. So you guys, uh, you know, everybody in here is familiar with like the, the Mars sign that looks like the masculine sign and the Venus sign that looks like the feminine sign, right? Everybody maybe looks like we're all the age group that saw that book come out. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. When I say that, are you guys like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was really big in the U.S. I don't know if it was big here or not. I thought it was a bullshit book. It was like, men are this way, women are this way. We're going to divide people. <laughs> you know? Anyway. <laughs> Renee's book review. Um, <laughs> the, the masculine force, Mars, is associated with Aries. So this is not men, right? This is masculinity or yang, which is in everyone. And that force in all of us is the force that wants to assert itself, that has desire, that moves outward, that has aggression, right? Where we go, that's the thing I want. I'm going to do that. I'm going to use my force, my assertion to make an impact it's outward moving. Mars rules things like knives and spears. It wounds and it separates, right? It, it plants its flag in things. Like, this is me. This is my territory, not you. Okay? So Venus is the feminine, not women, but feminine, which is in all of us. And the feminine, or the yin, is the attracting force. And attraction is sweetness. It's not trying to do anything. It just is. And then things are coming in. Right? It's like the flower and then the bee. Oh, that's pretty. Right? So when we think about Libra, Libra is ruled by Venus. And when I say, oh, it's beautiful, right? And there's a sense of aesthetic or harmony or pleasantness. Libra has an attracting quality, right? A pleasantness about it. With Aries, we have Mars as a quality. And so 
There is the outward moving, the assertion, the force, the desire. So in the Aries-Libra axis, we also have the masculine-feminine axis, or the outward moving, inward moving axis. And for those of you that are astrologers, you guys know this, but if, if anyone is new to astrology, um, the way that you read the sky or that you read a chart is uh, through what are called the houses. And um, this axis that I'm talking about, Aries-Libra, um, basically sets up the horizon in a chart. And so it's where the sun is rising, where the sun is setting. It's the differentiation between self and others. And this is a primary differentiation, right? It's our, it's our primary relational um, awareness, self-other. You can then categorize others into all kinds of different relationships. But that's the main thing, right? There's you and then there's other people. So at the full moon, we've got an opposition between the sun in Libra and the moon in Aries. And what then happens is that energetically, um, the attention, the emotional attention, is being illuminated. And astrologically speaking, um, the sun is where our consciousness is. And the moon is the subjective awareness and kind of the emotional vibes and the moon is changing signs every two and a half days or so. And the sun is changing signs uh, once a month, about. So the sun has just moved into Libra. And wherever Libra is for you in your chart will be a place where now consciousness around Libra gets heightened a little bit. How do I be in relationship? What is diplomacy? Where's the balance? What's fair? Um, can I create beauty? What's, what's the attracting force right now? And as we move towards the full moon in a couple of days, there's this heightened and polarized energy between me and you, right? The self and the others. So you, you, you can look at your own charts um, and figure this out. You can get them for free on the internet, or you can ask your astrologer friends. But in the full moon, there's some kind of stimulation around what do you need for yourself, what do you want for yourself, and where do you need to find balance with others. And this is really important in the chart of the full moon because of what the moon is doing. And some full moons, not that many, but some full moons are just full moons. It's like, oh, okay, we've got this opposition and some heightened energy on this day. But usually what's happening is that the aspects that the sun and the moon are making are triggering other things that are going on in the planets. And um, particularly when what it's triggering is something that is a longer transit, then we have a lot of energy that comes in at the full moon. So when I say longer transit, I'm talking about planets that are slower moving. So the sun and the moon move fairly quickly, right? And this is our like personal awareness changes day to day, who you're talking to, what's going on, how you're feeling, etc. But then we have these longer uh, phases of awareness that we could say they're more like phases of your life. 
and phases of your life really can't be separated from culture. Right? There's, there's always going to be some interplay. What's happening in the general atmosphere between your friend group and your social circles, politically, etc. So the longer transits, um, you can understand them as phases in your life and also phases of culture. And things that everybody is going through, individuals will go through them in different ways, but all together we're all experiencing things. Right? So all together now, we're experiencing um, heightened awareness around climate. Right? Like this is something that like more and more we're like, oh my, yeah, yeah gotta do something. Right? Heightened awareness. Um, politically, right now, it's really intense. It just keeps escalating. Like the news cycles get more and more bizarre every day. We're all going through that together. You know, we're all experiencing uh, heightened agitation in the general atmosphere. And how you're dealing with that and how I'm dealing with that might be differently, but we're both dealing with it. Does that make sense? So the longer moving transits uh, that are being very stimulated by this full moon, there's two of them. One of them has to do with um, an asteroid called Chiron. It's not an asteroid, excuse me, I misspoke. It's a centaur planet. Does anyone know about the centaurs? Yeah? There are these mythological beings, half horse, half human, right? Um, and the centaur planets are a, a group of planets that uh, started to be discovered in the 1970s. And they have very irregular orbits. And there's, uh, like, basically the astronomical theory of them is that they are part of larger bodies, um, comets or whatnot, and they, they get, uh, there's some kind of impact, and then they're sent into this weird orbit. So Chiron was the first of the centaur planets that was discovered. And Chiron in mythology, and this is Greek mythology, is a centaur, half horse, half man. And uh, the centaurs are this, this group of beings that are kind of rowdy. Like, that's what they're known for, is being kind of rowdy. And Chiron is um, not, so, not as rowdy. He's a scholar and um, a healer and uh, a teacher. He's a philosopher. And he creates this poison for one of his students, Hercules. And then there's this battle. I'm like jumping along in the mythology. So then there's this battle. And Hercules is using this uh, arrow, this bow and arrow. And the arrow is dipped in the poison that Chiron made. And the arrow goes astray, and it hits Chiron in his knee. And so he's wounded by his own student with his own poison. And he's this mythical, immortal being. And he gets this wound, and he cannot heal it. And he also cannot die. And so he's, he's in this quandary, right? He's stuck. Like, he's in pain, but he can't die. And so he spends his life, then, from this point forward, trying to figure out how to heal his pain. He travels all around. He finds teachers. He researches. In the course of his trying to understand his own wound, 
he becomes a better teacher and he becomes a better healer and he still doesn't figure it out. And finally, he goes to Zeus, king of the gods, right? And he's like, I can't figure it out. I'm suffering. I don't want to suffer anymore. And so Zeus allows him to trade places with Prometheus. I don't know if anyone remembers Prometheus. He steals fire from the gods. He's chained on this mountain for eternity, right? <laughs> Penance. And so Zeus says, okay, you can trade places with that guy, and I'll allow you to die. And so Chiron then goes, he dies on the mountain, and then he becomes a constellation, an immortal. The Greek mythology is crazy, right? Like, <laughs> but also, it's a reflection of, of justice in a very different way than we think about it. And, this, and justice is an important word for Libra, right? With these scales, scales of fairness and balance. Because as humans, we have our own ideas of justice, right? Like, tit for tat, you did this, therefore that. Uh, this is fair, this is right. The gods, if you want to call them gods, or the earth and its elements, or the unexplainable mystery that we come from, has a really different idea of justice. And sometimes you end up with suffering and pain, and you didn't ask for it, and you don't deserve it, and you get it anyway. And you don't know what to do with it, and you can't heal with it, and... What are you going to do? That's what you get. And no one is responsible for it except for you. We all have those places where we just feel like, fuck. <laughs> this fucking sucks. I'm so bad at this. This really hurts. It always hurts. I'm always bad at this. Everybody hates me. You know, whatever, wherever that place is, you just feel like wretched. That place, you can do basically two things from that place. And all of us have probably done both to varying or lesser degrees. So one thing you can do is get real uncomfortable and hate it and try and hide it and smear it on other people. Right? And so you're in, you're in that wretched place. Someone sees it, or they provoke it, or they confront you with it, and you're like, uh-uh, it's not mine. Mm-mm, it's yours. <laughs> oh, oh, you think I'm this? Well, da-da-da-da. You know, and you smear your pain on someone else. Has anyone here smeared their pain on anybody else? <laughs> right? <laughs> We've all done it. I did it like five times yesterday. <laughs> like... What do you mean you don't want to eat pizza? <laughs> like, it comes out all the time, right? The other thing you can do, <laughs> you guys are giving this look like, don't, let's not ask her to go get a snack after. Um, <laughs> the other thing you can do, right, is grow. Oh. Okay. That's my pain. Hmm. Wow. I don't need to do, you know, I don't need to react that way. Or, ah, yep, there it is. And growing is like, that's, that's basically it. Like, it's an acceptance. You see the thing for what it is. You accept it. You stop trying to turn away from it. You stop trying to hide from it or ignore it or smear it. You're like, oh, that's the thing. 
And then you start to become aware of it. And so it's like this thing where it's like, oh, do you fluctuate? You know, how do you feel yourself move when you're confronted with something, when you're fearful, when you're challenged? We see these parts in ourselves that are mortal wounds, right? Chiron can't heal his wound. He doesn't find a cure for it and make it better and become then a better teacher and a healer. He never heals it. It always hurts. But he he's aware of it, right? He's working with it. And his awareness of his own pain then becomes the place from which he can heal and teach others. So this is what Chiron is. It's, it's the way that we become aware of our own pain. And then we can grow. And through our own awareness, right, then we recognize it in each other. You know the feeling of wretchedness inside of yourself and how painful it is. Then when you see it in someone else, your heart breaks wide open. You get real tender. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, that's so hard. And if you've gone through anything that is resonant with what you're perceiving someone else going through, you want to offer something to them. Oh, you know, I tried this and it really helped me. I have this. Maybe it can help you. So then we become teachers and healers. So this is how Chiron acts. It brings awareness to things. And what Chiron does is it links the orbits of Saturn and Uranus. So it has this irregular orbit. It moves, doesn't move in a circle. It moves like this. So it links the orbits of Saturn and Uranus. And Saturn and Uranus are two planets I also want to talk about if I have enough time. And they are, uh, Saturn can uh, be understood as like the material realm and form and rules and the rules of the earth plane. Uranus can be understood as uh, liberation from the rules <laughs> and awakening or invention, new ideas that change the rules. So this is also part of how Chiron functions, is it, is it has insight, and then it brings insight back to Earth. And in the transition between insight or outer planet experience, whatever, and coming back to Earth, there can also be pain, right? Like, I understand. Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> Chiron uh, has about a 50-year orbit, and, uh, you know, so it's discovered in the 1970s, so we're about to have, like, the anniversary of its discovery. And since it's a fairly new point, astrologers are studying it. There's theorizing about it. Um, what it, it seems to mean for me, from my perspective, is that it's um, an intergenerational healing process. So Chiron is discovered at a time on Earth when psychology is, is starting to become popular, right, in the 1970s. A lot of people are starting to use the psychological language. And, and Chiron, I think, has an association to psychology and to the way that we can build awareness around um, experiences through language and then through technique. And language and technique can then evolve. So, you know, we're not in 1970s psychology anymore. We've moved past that. Now there are all kinds of new fields of psychological awareness and therapeutics, right? And 
what people were dealing with in the 1970s in terms of giving language to an experience has evolved. And so the new generations are reaping that benefit. Does that make sense? So people who are younger now, us, right? People, if you think about people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, in the 70s, what they're waking up to at that point, we're now all receiving the benefit of their research and their language, and we're evolving with that. We're making new language. We're, we're building on their theories, et cetera. Does that make sense? So wherever Chiron is in its orbit, then we get waves of generational healing that can come through. So Chiron is now uh, ingressing, starting to move into Aries, right? And remember, this is where the moon is. And on the full moon, on Tuesday, the moon and Chiron will be together. This is called conjunct. And the moon then is getting infused with Chiron's energy. And it's illuminating this point in the sky. So Chiron uh, is going to take nine years to move through Aries. This is what I'm talking about, like these longer transits. It uh, began to move in last spring. It, now it's gone retrograde. Retrograde is, from our perspective here on Earth, the planet appears to move backwards. And then it'll turn direct, and it'll move into Aries um, for good in January. And then we'll have nine years of Chiron and Aries. So Aries is the head, the brain, the eye function, right? The ego. And... There's a bunch of yoga teachers in here, right? And people who've studied uh, in, in these kinds of traditions. So you know um, uh, the, some of the philosophy around the I and the ego. And in the, the philosophy that you know, we can think about as yoga, which is a lot more than movements, there's the description of suffering as having five causes. And the first cause of suffering is called avidya. And avidya can basically be translated to ignorance. Ignorance is improper perception. It's when we believe that we're real. You read about avidya, and it comes with the I feeling. Oh, I'm right. This is a big cause of suffering, right? <sighs> I'm right. <laughs> Whatever that idea was, I'm sure it was the right idea. What does that mean, that I'm right? It means that you're wrong. <laughs> so you see the, the, the balance, the polarity between Aries and Libra, between self and others, and what Aries does is it sets up the I feeling. What Mars does is it separates, right? It rules knives. <laughs> then we get this thing. Me, you, opposition. We have Chiron moving into Aries. We are alive on the planet at a time when the individuated ego is at uh, the height of its destructive capacity. Right? We, we look at like, what's happening in the world and these huge egos and the, the shit show 
with everybody being so right. But it's in all of us, right? Like we're, we're also all dealing with this. Our own egos, the places where we're misperceiving, where we're telling ourselves stories. So working with avidya, with ignorance, is basically doing the meditation that we are doing. How do I know that I'm observing? Where am I right now? Because things come up all the time, right? Like you're driving in your car, you're on the subway, and someone yells at you, or a loud sound happens, and where does your attention go? You know, you're in a relationship, in any relationship, and you're confronted with something. Where does your attention go? And immediately we go into our stories, right? Our bodies go into whatever their habits are. It doesn't matter if it's love and appreciation. Everyone in here has probably had the experience of being loved and appreciated and going into some story about how you don't deserve it, you know? Or like how you do deserve it or whatever the story is. And then you get into that story and you're out of the situation completely. You've totally left the building. You've totally left your body. You're spinning out. So the ignorance is not like you need to educate yourself more. It's just presence. What do I do? How do I observe myself? Who is the me that's observing? Because things are happening all the time and we're going into the stories and we're going into our habits and then we're ignorant of the actual situation that's arising. We've stopped paying attention. We've stopped being there. Right? You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So Chiron is moving into Aries. We've got this full moon that's illuminating that point. Go home, get your free chart on astro.com, and look to see where the ram's horns are, what house that's in. Wherever Aries is, for you, is the place where, for the next nine years, you want to wake up to yourself. Recognize yourself. Know yourself. Look for the way that ego functions. Right? See the ways that you tell yourself stories. Be very curious. How can I see what time it is? when this is recording. Okay, 9.23. I've already gone past time. Is it not? It's 9.24 right now. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> Are you, is it okay to stay for a little while longer? Does anyone need to leave right now? Okay. Um, could we stay for like another 15 minutes? And if you need to, to pop out, welcome to. Thank you for coming. Um, so I'll be quick now with the rest of it. <laughs> so we've got this Aries-Libra thing going on, and they're both, uh, the sun and the moon are both square. That means they're forming a 90-degree angle to Saturn. Saturn is just beginning, uh, started last December, a two-and-a-half-year transit through Capricorn. And Capricorn is the structure. It rules our bones. I had two clients today who are both in the room, and I won't point you out, but for with both of you, I was talking about the way that pressure gets applied. And so if you imagine like carrying a book on your head, right, and this is how people like learn to stand up tall, 
pressure gets applied, and then our bodies respond. If we're weak in a certain place, we're going to buckle under the weight. We feel the weakness. We have two choices. You know, one choice is to doubt our own strength, to get smaller and smaller, weaker and weaker. The other choice is to shore up, to fortify, and to come into some kind of better alignment. So Saturn and Capricorn, look to see where Capricorn is in your chart. This is a two-year cycle now of clarifying your intention, of aligning yourself, and figuring out what you stand for. And in terms of this full moon, the way that it's get, getting set off right now, because of this square, it's called a T-square, the moon in the center in opposition, they're both making a hard angle to Saturn. Wherever Capricorn is in your chart, this is the place that feels like the rub right now. It's where you just have to work at it. Where things are coming in, you're like, ugh, that doesn't feel so good. I have to... I have to, you know, show up for this. I have to make boundaries. I have to clarify what I want. I have to have the hard conversations. I have to let certain things go. The choices that you're making are going to be choices that are made from your ego. Regardless, right? They're choices that you're making from yourself, from the stories that you're telling yourself about yourself. To make the good choices, you want to be in the healthy space of your own ego, right? In your center. However you want to define your center as the witness or as the, the place that you feel balanced inside. If you're making your choices from the, the egoism, from the stories that you're telling yourself about how you need to da 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 da, da or from the opposite end, right? The Libra, oh, I need to do this to take care of other people, da 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 da, balance, da 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 da. Either way is going to be a problem. There has to be the balance, right? You have to figure out how to do what you know you need to do. You have to take care of your relationships. Those are going to be the questions to bring into Saturn and Libra. Because the choices that you're making right now, you're clarifying your own alignment. And the next two years, wherever Capricorn is in your chart, this is the place where you're going to have to work it. <laughs> work, 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 work. To, to, to build the structure that's sustainable. right? To fortify the places that are weak. Saturn is forming a trine, a 120 degree angle, to Uranus in Taurus. So I was saying Chiron links the orbits of Saturn and Uranus. So Uranus in Taurus figures into this chart very much because of the way that it is responding to uh, Saturn. So Uranus in Taurus is a seven-year cycle. Began also last year, similar to Chiron in Aries. It's in a retrograde now. And by next April, it'll be really clearly moving forwards, March and April, clearly moving forwards into the seven years. Uranus breaks forms, right? Saturn creates forms. It builds your structure. It needs you to get stronger, more aligned, uh, fortified, etc. Uranus wants you to break free from things. Taurus rules bodies and attachments and 
resources, money, sustenance. Uranus and Taurus is coming in and it is wanting to liberate attachments. It's wanting to liberate our bodies. It's wanting to liberate us from the ways that we get complacent and stuck and heavy. Taurus can be a very complacent, not a, complacent is the wrong word, but very heavy, kind of stuck, slow-moving energy. Everyone in here, I'm absolutely sure, <laughs> because I am, because I know this astrology, you know, everyone's working with it. It's like, where are the places that you're, you know you need to change? You know, it's like, ah, that's the thing. I need to find a different way of expressing myself there. I need to shake it up. I need to do something that is a little bit risky. I need to free myself from this way of being that's like old news. That's what Uranus wants. Do something new. Be inventive. Take a risk. Break out of the box. Saturn right? Saturn wants to build structures. They're in a complementary relationship right now. So Saturn's going, oh, that thing is pushing on me. It's creating the feeling of discomfort. It's creating disease, right? Uranus is going, change it. Let go. Ask for something new. Try it a different way. You're going, no! <laughs> change is scary. You stay in that place. Change is scary. I can't change. It's going to get more and more and more uncomfortable, right? The pressure is going to keep applying until your structure goes out, right? This is what happens with our bodies. You figure out how to stand a little bit differently. Find your center. Make a choice from there. You know, the change doesn't have to be big, traumatic, horrible, invasive change. It can be subtle, gentle, joyful change. But all of us, in different ways, are facing change right now and feeling like, I need to do something that's a little different. I need to shift that structure. And for most of us, I think, the issues right now have a lot to do with how are we in relationship how are we balancing between the needs of others and the knowing of ourselves? The way we need to assert or define ourselves and the ways that we need to take care of the people around us. Because that's always the question. And it's like no astrologer is going to blow your mind with that. You know, we're humans living in the world with each other. So we need to figure out how to work together. But we also need to figure out how to be in integrity with ourselves and feel good about that. Um, okay, so there were all these other things I wanted to talk about, but we're out of time. Um, so I'll, I'll pause, and it's 9.32. Um, I'm happy to stay and, and ask questions and talk longer. And Anya's the space holder, so um, you can let me know how long you can stay or let us know, and then we'll just be on your schedule, too. Okay. Um, 
Do you guys have questions or things that you want to talk about more? I know there's a, a couple astrologers in the room, at least, or people who are students. Maybe no questions. Comments, concerns. <laughs> the rest of it. What else? What else? It was most, you know, the other thing I was going to talk about was Mars. Um, Mars figures into the chart as well because uh, it's also in early Aquarius. And so um, the sun is in Libra, in early Libra. And Libra and Aquarius are both air, so the sun is trying to Mars. And then uh, Aquarius and Taurus are both fixed signs, and Mars is square to Uranus. And so with, uh, with Mars, what I was going to talk about was the nervous system and how it's figuring into all of this, because our bodies are changing. And, um, you know, wh wh whatever it is in your life, like for me, um, where I have Capricorn in my chart, uh, you know, I'm dealing with some work situations where... I've set, I've set myself up in um, uh, relationships that were coming more from my head. You know, oh, this is what I should do. This is what I should do. And now here I am in these situations, and I'm like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> right? And, and so, like, I'm feeling like, okay, I need to somehow find a way to resolve this situation. But I care about the people that I'm working with and I don't want to be a jerk, and I want to continue to do work that I care about. So this question of, like, how do I balance everybody's needs? How do I advocate for myself? That's a big part. But then Aquarius uh, is figuring in because I also have a nervous system pattern around doing things from my head. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. And the nervous system part is a, is a big portion of the change. So when I'm talking about changing and like how do you change your structure, Mars and Aquarius is going to be a part of this. And, and Aquarius rules the nervous system. And over the course of the summer, Mars has, this past summer, Mars was retrograde in Aquarius. It recently turned direct. And now it's, it's going to be moving out of the sign. But all summer long, we've been dealing with this. And how I felt it in myself, but also how I've observed it in clients, is that old patterns are coming up. And the old patterns um, with, with Aquarius um, often have to do with a sense of, of social obligation or the way of being that is somehow taught to us. Like, okay, you know, this is how you need to, to be or to act in order to be accepted. And acceptance in, in terms of the group is something that, as human beings, um, physiologically, we need it, right? Like, this is ingrained in our DNA. In order to survive, like, we have to, we ha we have, to have a group. <laughs> and so issues of acceptance and um, whether or not we feel, like, part of a group or outside of a group or, or whatever it is, like, these things are coming up. 
And it might be coming up, you know, for some people at work, it might be coming up for other people with families or with partners or with friends or, you know, in some kind of larger um, and, and different way. But one of the ways that this is happening is, is the sensation of the nervous system and how the nervous system is figuring into these changes. And as we start to make changes, you know, like, it's not easy to change. It's really not easy. And, and particularly making changes in our bodies or making changes in ways of being that who knows why we're that way. You know, it's the way we've always been. It's how we've been entrained. It's whatever, the way, the way we're taught to be. Deciding to do something differently, like, oh, I, I need to have clear boundaries in my friendships, or I don't want to do, like, this, you know, for me, like, wh why am I always doing this uh, managing work? I don't want to manage things anymore. My nervous system is set up to manage things, because I'm good at it, you know? It's like, oh, details, details, details. I love focusing on details and categorizing them and putting them in all over. I love that, you know? And so the opportunity comes up, and I'm like, I'll do that. You know, my, it's like, how do I make that change? My attention is going there all the time. So for me, like, I want to really pay attention to, like, where, whatever you want to call it, the observer or the center, where am I in a place of, of like, quietness and balance in myself? And then I'm going to check in with that place and go, is that the thing that I want to do? And then with Aquarius, this, you know, this belief systems are coming in. I should do that because that's what makes me valuable. That's how I'll be accepted. Oh, I'm not accepted, therefore I have to act these ways or something like that. And so the way that our nervous systems are, a lot of us are repatterning nervous systems right now by... Uh, having to work with old belief systems, old habits that are coming up. So the nervous system habits, like over the, the past couple of months, I don't know if anyone in here has been feeling this, like old habits just coming up and you're like, oh, I just did that thing. I always do that thing. A lot of it, I think, has to do with rejection because this is like Aquarius has this feeling like, oh, I'm accepted or I'm, I'm rejected. Old habits come up and it's like, what do you do when you feel rejected? Or what do you do when you're trying to get acceptance into something? It, yeah? So with Mars, Mars is at a square to Uranus and Taurus. And so this is what I'm talking about. It's like it's hard to make changes. Uranus and Taurus wants to change. I'm like, I'm ready to change. I'm not going to be in administrative roles anymore in my work. Ah, Done. But then the nervous system is still doing it all the time. You know, it's like, don't eat the cookie. Don't eat the cookie. Don't, 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 just don't fucking do it anymore. And that's the square. And the, the trine, so sun trine to Mars, um, I feel this as, as a question around, um, like, right relationship a little bit. So Libra and Aquarius are both air signs, so they're conceptual. And the way that Libra initiates relationship is through the mind. It's not, 
Like, it's not, can you know, cancers, like, oh, I really care about you, feeling. Libra is like, yeah, no, I care about you, but, you know, like, this is how we need to balance or something. Like, I'm, what do you need right now? It's coming from the mind. It's not coming from the heart so much. So the, the sun um, and it's trying to Mars, I think is, is like, can we be objective about the relationships? And how Lena talked about like the sense of, of the observer, that's her center. Or when I was saying, you know, watch yourself observing, that this is also energy that's available right now. And at certain times it's not, but I think, especially for the people in this room, like if you're someone who's going to show up to an embodied astrology workshop, like you're also someone who wants to self-reflect and wants to grow and explore yourself in certain ways. And the language that's available to all of us right now, like what's happening culturally, what people are interested in, what they're talking about, the tools that we have access to, there's a lot of support for objectivity, for noticing our habits, for starting to work with them, for understanding the nervous system, et cetera. So I, I think that this could be um, some of the trine, like the, the consciousness. And especially because we've finished the retrograde cycle with Mars now, the sun in, in its consciousness can see the patterns. At the beginning of the summer, this stuff was coming up and it, it's like maybe it was shocking or it felt really distressing because it's like, oh, there's that thing again, there's that thing again. But now over the course of the last few months, there's been some kind of process of observing it. Oh, that thing, oh, that thing, there's that issue again. And so the sun is bringing consciousness to something and, and helping us figure out how to balance and, and find harmony in it. Yeah, does that, yeah. What's the, sorry, what's the nervous system? What is the nervous system? Uh, in, in your body or in astrology? Both. Okay, so your nervous system is um, your brain and your spinal cord, and that's the central nervous system. And then it in also includes um, what's called your peripheral nerves, and the peripheral nervous system is uh, the way that your muscles and your skin and your sense organs are constantly receiving information, and then your body is acting. And then you also have a part of your nervous system that's in your organs. Um, and the nervous system has, uh, it's very complex, but you can also define it kind of simply, which is in two parts, and that is motor and sensory. And so you're, you're, you're perceiving, and then you're acting. So like a mosquito lands on your arm, and you go like that, right? And so you sense something, and then your body acts. And how your nervous system works is you take in information. It comes in from the periphery. It goes into your spinal cord and up to your brain. And then in your brain, uh, there's a synapse. Your neurons fire, and it goes, do this. Um, it can also you know, happen that you're having a thought, and then you want to affect your environment, so you do something. Um, so that's the nervous system in your body, very, very simply. Um, and then in, uh, in astrology... Um, the way that one of the ways that I would say astrology works is that um, you can understand all of the signs and the planets as having correspondence to the body. And so light uh, and season and gravity affect the body. And so 
if the sun is shining in a certain season, right? Like you're going like this, or you're going like this, or whatever it is. Um, so Aquarius uh, rules the, the central nervous system in the body, the brain and the spinal cord. And um, well, we could get like, I could geek out for a while and tell you like, oh, there's this part, it rules that other part because Gemini has rulership over the peripheral nerves. But in general, like you could say Aquarius is um, the way that information travels through systems. That's one of the things that it describes, like whether we're talking about um, a, a, like a social group or your body. And so Aquarius in the body, you can uh, understand it as the nervous system, the way information travels, and also fascia, and the way that our nervous systems and connective tissues work together to hold a form. Does that answer your question? Thanks for asking it. Anyone else have questions? Um, you just said something before about this astrology chart for homepage or something. Astrology chart what? Homepage. Where you can get your chart? Yeah. 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 So you can go to astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com, and you can get a free chart there. Um, so you just register, and if you know what time you were born, then basically your, your birth time will set up the chart wheel. It'll tell you your rising sign, and then you can see what house a sign is in. And uh, astro.com is an amazing website. It's, it's really extensive, and they have a lot of different tools. And they have, um, I don't know what it is in German, um, in English, it's called the interactive horoscopes. And um, you can, like, in the main menu, you click free horoscopes and then go to interactive horoscopes. And they have these things, again, in, in English, it's called astro-click. Astro-click portrait, astro-click relationship or something. They'll give you a chart and then you just click on the different parts and you'll get their cookbook explanations. Like, oh, you have Mars and Libra. That's, it means this, or something like that. Um, but that's a good way to start to learn about your own chart. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I do chart readings, and you can um, book one with me. But also my friend, Annika, you want to raise your hand? Uh, Annika is, is my friend and, and student also, and she's uh, gone through a program that I do with body and movement, and we've uh, worked with each other with astrology for a couple of years now, and she lives here and is also seeing clients. So if anyone's here and wants to talk to someone about their chart, get Annika's uh, contact information. Is anyone else an astrologer? or practicing and you want to like read charts and you live here? Because if you do, just raise your hand and it's all you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have a question, um, which isn't really to you because you don't live here, but it's, there seems to be very little astrology I find in Berlin. Um, so I'm wondering if people know about other communities or, um, uh, yeah, who are where we might get more... Uh, of this sort of thing in Berlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I experience it the same way. Um, I've done this training with Renee in Portland, and in Portland it's like <laughs> everyone um, 
knows their charts. I feel like the engineer <laughs> 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 talks about astrology a lot more here in Berlin. That's, I think it's becoming more um, like people are getting more interested in it. And there's um, you can go to this website Meetup. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. And there are some uh, right. one or two astrologers, and they offer regular weekly um, sessions with where people come together and talk about astrology. So that's something, but um, really aside from that, I, I don't know that many people who practice astrology and let alone astrology and body, like bring that together. That's really, I think it's something that doesn't exist in Berlin yet. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's on the internet. It's one place to find people. Yeah, well, I have searched. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, uh, not for Berlin, but, you know, there's um, a couple of different, like Tony Howard has Astrology University, and so you can take, um, like, webinars and stuff like that, or um, uh, in Portland, there's a Portland School of Astrology, and uh, I think they just started some, they have some videos and things like that, and Oh, I'm right. starting another, like, I'm taking it part two from Wednesday, starting on Wednesday. So, her name's Georgia, and if you go to Door of Lotus, like Lotus Flower, she teaches classes once a week. She has a beginning class, an intermediate class, and it goes for 10 weeks, and it's really good. Great. She's one of the two on Meetup. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, starting um, probably sometime in the next six months or so, um, I'll start a um, study group, and that'll be online as well. So if anyone wants to, to learn with me, it'll be like a once a month kind of thing with work that you do on your own. Okay. I've got yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so in medical astrology, Libra rules the kidneys and the adrenals. And um, the, the, both of them, right, are very important in terms of how we're processing information and our metabolic function. And so with um, the balance between outer moving and inner moving, Libra is part of how we're balancing that. And so in the adrenals, like the, the adrenals create adrenaline, but they also create other hormones that are really important for our metabolic function and for how we're processing energy. And our kidneys, right, they're part of the purification system in our body. And when either of them aren't working well, uh, our energy gets depleted. And so the magnetism, the attracting force, and the ability to balance um, is one of the ways that expresses through the body in Libra. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's gonna last for a couple of days. The full moon. Yeah, 
I mean, I think, um, I don't know that I would say like, uh, I think it's more of a place of curiosity, you know, that, um, so we've got the, the moonlight reflecting right now. And one of the ways that, you know, where you, you use your kidneys or this part of the body um, with your own energy, like, people do this a lot, right? Like, oh, I'm really tired. Oh, pay attention. And so this part of the body becomes a hinge, and there's, like, a pushing forward, or there's a, a kind of collapsing back that can happen here. And so I think there's... Um, maybe a place of curiosity in the next couple of days, if you want to play with it like this, of um, with your attention, where is it? And with Aries, right, when we can really get into our heads, the ego that's going like this can often get like this, right? Like, oh, focus, 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 contract. Or like, I need to do that. I'm going to go, I'm going to... And then this thing starts to push forward. So that would be one way maybe to, to pay attention to it. Um, I think that like when I'm saying, oh, light stimulates the body, and this is one way to understand astrology, it's not as obvious as like, oh, now the sun is in Libra, so for the next month, everybody's going to have kidney issues or something like that. It's, to it's totally not, not that. But there is a subtle, maybe like a subtle activation. And medical astrology, which is something that I study, is really interesting, like to watch when transits are affecting people. And um, if you wanted to learn more about that, you know, I would say like um, Andrea Gers, her book is, is great. Um, it's called Astrological Remediation, and, and you can learn more about like how to watch transits and notice their effects on the body. Yeah. Okay, that feels like a good place to end. Um, I just put out a, a weekly planner for Libra, and you can, thank you, you can find it on my website, um, embodiedastrology.com, in the store. And it's a, um, it's a four-week planner for Libra. And every week, it's Saturdays to Fridays are the weeks, um, from the equinox until the beginning of Scorpio season. Um, you'll have the lunar cycle and then the different transits that are coming in. And there's place for reflection. So if you want to learn a little bit more of astrology through your own experience that way, and it's a gift for people that become um, uh, monthly subscribers. So if you like the work and you follow it, um, I think I'll probably keep doing that. I can't promise, but I'm going to try it for the next few months to make these weekly or uh, monthly journals. Um, and I was going to tell you something else, but now I forgot. Um, did you have something? Are you doing things you want to let people know about? Okay. Well, um, you should get Annika's information. She teaches yoga and does astrology here. And Anya is also a, a yoga teacher and Lena and I think a lot of people in here. So maybe meet each other <laughs> and get resourced there. 
And yeah, thanks so much for coming. Um, so if anyone has more questions, I'm happy to sit here, but uh, otherwise be in touch and hopefully see you around. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.